This is John Jackson Miller, and you're listening to the Star Wars Canon Podcast. May the Force be with you. There are stories about what happened. It's true. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Canon Podcast, episode number 56. I am your host, Brian Miller, and I'm so glad you've decided to join us to talk about our favorite thing in the world, yet again, Star Wars. Guys, we've got a big show for you this week, and to help me navigate this massive list of show notes that we've got put together is my good friend, my partner in crime on this podcast, Mr. Usuf Wally. How's it going, brother? Hey, 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 from all the way over here, I'm doing really good. Um, I'm really excited as well. We got a lot to talk about. It's an exciting time to be a Star Wars fan. And, um, you know, uh, um, I know we didn't talk about this before the episode, but there's a lot of shit happening in the world. We would never, ever want to be uh, people who sort of uh, didn't really take that into account. We do wish anybody going through any struggle, we wish you all the best and all the strength and may the force be with you. We're just here to make sure that we can talk about what we love most and hope that you can take some time out of your busy schedules to feel good about yourselves and immerse yourselves into some amazing stuff. And we hope that we're just part of your journey. Absolutely. You know, because I, I, when I started doing the podcast, what is going off? My phone's going off. Uh, when I started the podcast, I wanted it to be a uh, an escape for, you know, exactly. for what was going on in the world and, and a place where people could go to forget about all the troubles in the world for a little while. So... Yeah, no, it, it's it, we're we're with you guys. If if there's something, I mean, we know there's like you said, there's a lot of shit going on in the world right now, and it's absolutely horrible. Uh, but just know that if you guys are on the receiving end of any of that, we are definitely on your side. And uh, like like Usuf said, may the force be with you guys. You know, so uh, yeah, we've we've got a lot to talk about this episode. This is I started putting the show notes together, Usuf, and. This show just grew and grew and grew. And then even after I put together the show notes, another mailbag question came in. I was like, crap, we have to include that in the show. <laughs> it was such a good mailbag <laughs> question. So I ended up altering the the uh, show notes. Pray I alter it no further. So uh, before we get going, though, before we start talking about all the big stuff, because you guys know, we, we already know what you guys are here to talk about. It, we, you guys want to talk about Obi-Wan. We want to talk about Obi-Wan. But before we get into that, uh, I want to let you guys know about 1138productions.com. Uh, let me get this out of the way real quick, and then we'll get into this. So 1138productions.com is the home of this podcast now. It's the home of the Marvel cast. The uh, JG and Stephen Hall are doing a great job over there at the Marvel cast, keeping you guys up to date on what's going on in the MCU. But 1138productions is also a great place to go check out uh, the Star Wars canon timeline, where we finally got it up to date. It's more accurate than it ever has been before. Uh, currently working on a Star Wars Legends timeline. What's nice about that one is once we get it done... It's done. <laughs> like, um, and, and Richard J has done an amazing job of putting that timeline together for me. All I'm doing now is converting it over to the same format as the canon one. That way, they're they look, you know, you don't get confused by different formats on different timelines. So, uh, the Star Wars Legends timeline is coming. Actually, I'm pretty sure I can get it done this weekend. I said that last week, and I didn't get to it. 
some personal things popped up. So this weekend I should be able to get to it. There's a Halo timeline on there now. Um, and it's for the prime, I guess you would call it the prime timeline for Halo. Because Halo, we get the TV series coming, but it's going to be in a different timeline. And they're called the Silver Timeline. So it's not going to be in the same universe as the games. Um, even though it's got Master Chief in it, I know there's probably somebody screaming at me telling me, yes, it is Master Chief's in it. But it's they've already come out and said it's a different timeline. Usif, you and I are going to sit down eventually and start working on Assassin's Creed timeline. With, exactly, with yeah. the games and the novels. Uh, and then Star Trek was also suggested, which kind of, I don't like to say the, the word Trek on this podcast because it's a Star Wars <laughs> podcast. I know how you guys feel about that. Um, but there's, we're also going to be working on a Marvel Cinematic Universe timeline as well with all the shows and everything in chronological order. So if you guys have any ideas for a franchise or a universe that you would like to see a timeline made for, go to 1138productions.com slash contact and let us know. Send us a message off the website and let us know what universe you would like to see have a timeline made of. So uh, definitely go check out 1138productions.com. I think it looks great. I'm ecstatic with it. Uh, And it's a good place to not only catch this podcast, but the Marvel cast, I know I said that, but also the YouTube videos uh, for the 1138productions channel. So uh, all that out of the way, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this episode because this is what everybody wants to talk about. Usif, we... Finally got the Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer. We got it. We finally, we finally got it. Freaking got it. And it looks so cool. And and listen, like people people wanted to see even more. No, you didn't. No, you <laughs> did. This was such a good teaser. This was such an amazing first look. I could I was so excited. And there was this meme about, you know. Uh, what was that guy? Uh, Marsh from uh, from South Park, just sort of like covered in his own <laughs> ecstatic stuff juices, just because of how amazing it felt <sighs> to hear "Do the Fates Come On," and then Ewan McGregor's face, lightsabers, the stuff. Oh, guys, guys, this is so good! I'm so excited! I'm so excited! Now, of course, Obi Wan is genuinely. I, I know it's easy to say this now. It is. He's genuinely my. If I had to choose one favorite star wars character it's obi-wan kenobi it is extremely close between him and three others but he is <laughs> genuinely my favorite and the thing is right that he 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 represents so much for us he represents so much for the whole star wars process for the force for how amazing it is and for us to be able to get this part of his time we need we need more of him yeah and i just can't wait to see it i can't wait to see it i uh I, I lost my mind over this trailer, and like you said, the Duel of the Fates playing, and it, so that morning, uh, what day was it, Tuesday? Tuesday, I told everybody in the 1138 Productions chat, I was like, yeah, we're probably getting a trailer tomorrow, because it's the Disney Investors call. And then yeah. Wednesday morning, the Obi-Wan Kenobi Twitter page simply tweeted out, hello there. And that's all it took. <laughs> that's all it took. Perfect. And everybody That's started perfect. freaking out. Yeah, thank you. And uh, and everybody started freaking out. And then Entertainment Weekly dropped their article with a bunch of photos and the, and the cover of Entertainment Weekly this week of Obi Wan. And we finally got our first. That was actually our first look at Obi Wan. Uh, several screenshots that I absolutely loved. My favorite one, though, believe it or not, didn't even have Obi Wan in it. It was Uncle Owen staring down the Inquisitor. That was a cool. I loved that, that very, photo, very cool. and and oh yeah, the fact that we're getting this much Uncle Owen on Tatooine, I, I I'm excited. I, I don't think, based off the trailer alone, I don't think we're going to stay on Tatooine very long. Uh, I think it's going to. Oh yeah, I yeah, think the, the first two episodes exactly. are going to be 
Tatooine, and then it's and then it's out. Yeah. Oh, there's so much. People don't understand how much we saw in that trailer. We saw a lot in that trailer, by the way. New planets. I mean, yeah. No, the the planet. I don't remember what the name of the planet was, Um, but they said they modeled it after like Hong Kong, with all the neon lights and everything, and and kind of that underground kind of feel. And it looks awesome. It looks absolutely amazing. Ewan McGregor looks amazing as Obi Wan. I really thought he'd be a little more gray, but I like it. He looks good. Um, he looks like a Jedi who's seen some shit and who has been through just torment. But the biggest of these Entertainment Weekly photos that we got was the one we got the day after the trailer came out, which, well, actually, it was after, was it last night or today that we got the picture? I think it was last night. It was, it was last night. It was yesterday, yeah. Uh, we got our first look at Vader uh, from the Obi-Wan series. And so good. all it is is the so outline good. of him. And that's all it takes. <laughs> like, that's all it does. That is all it takes. That is all it takes. But what's cool about it is to know that it's, it's actually Hayden Christensen in the suit this time. Right. Just like he was in Episode 3. And it's it, it just seems right. You know? and But going back to the trailer, this thing, seeing... You know, like I said, Uncle Owen's staring down the, the Inquisitor. But seeing her activate the lightsaber in front of him, he's holding his hands up. You know, like, oh, crap. No, no, I don't, I don't want any part of this kind of thing. Seeing stuff like that. And, 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 and dude, and what about the money shot, right? We, Luke. Seeing Luke on the Lars homestead, pretending he's pod racing, knowing that he's the same age in this as Anakin was in episode one. I, I, I just, I, there's no words, man. There, there are no words. It and was perfect. It, it was him. Like it the, was good. That little bit. Obi Wan was looking at him through those binoculars, and then uh, Luke is there. Just uh, sorry, excuse me, Luke. Um, the young, young. Um, you know, he was just sitting there as a kid, being a kid, playing with the helmet. Yeah, yeah. And he was just sort of like playing around, like sort of flying around. The young Luke. It was just amazing. Uh, it was great. And the day before the trailer dropped, I remember Stephen asked us in the chat, what were our bets on seeing Luke in the trailer? And I said 50-50, cause I had this feeling like you have to establish we knew he was going to be in the series. That was obvious. But you have to establish that this is where Obi-Wan has been. This is why he he this is why he's where he is. And And that those are the first few seconds of the trailer. Stay oh yeah. Hidden. Stay careful, stay whatever because that's this is what we know is happening, right? He's staying hidden. He's watching over. He's being careful. That's that, right? But then comes, okay, so what else is happening? And then you see this array of these scenes and the Inquisitors come in. And uh, and the Inquisitors look so cool. And the droids, the new droids as well. Oh, yeah, the these droids look models, awesome. Which we've never seen before. And um, uh, so I, I want to understand this as well. So the the Grand Inquisitor, he was the guy with the double-bladed lightsaber in, yes. in the trailer, wasn't he? The spinning yes, so saber, yeah. He, exactly. So And then there's like these shootout on the roof. Uh, shootout on the roof roo- rooftops in the city which is like modeled after hong kong as as you say and, and it's just really cool but then this next bit has me has us all you know a little bit um what's the word we're tentative about this this whole thing which uh is you know stirring up stirring the pot which captain kennedy apparently saying something like uh, along the lines of well we could do more obi-wan uh content yeah. only don't, just don't tease us don't tease us with exactly, that right? exactly. <laughs> so basically what what happened was she was like being this she was discussing this was point about 
So are we going to get more Obi-Wan content? Is this, this only a limited series? Is this only one season? And her answer was basically, oh, we could give you more if, if, you know, if it's worth it, if there's going to be content that's worth it. She wasn't talking about money, by the way. Of course, everything goes back to money with her and Disney and everything, which makes sense. Right. Not going to. Oh, yeah. Not, money not, talks. Not going to stab yeah. her for this. Money talks, of course. But the thing is, right, she was genuinely talking about content. She was genuinely talking about content being effective as well. Mm -hmm. It's not just about content. It's about good content. Especially with a character like Obi Wan, people we we cannot overstress how fragile this actually is. This is actually yeah, very right. sensitive and fragile. If you mistreat it, you're done. Oh you yeah, you're done. right. There's so much it is writing like on this. It's like a piece of paper, man. So paper, you know, imagine how many times you grab a piece of paper in your hand at work or whatever, and it's not ruined, right? You just take it from office to office. But then actually, if you look at it really closely, you could see some dark smudges because your hands were in the dirt. Mm -hmm. You maybe crumpled it up. You might even tear it because you handled it a little bit angrily because you weren't paying attention. That's exactly <laughs> how Obi-Wan is. If you mistreat him, if you mishandle him, that th that's not going to go away ever. Right. We can pretend, you know, as fans out there who don't like the sequel trilogy, sure, you can pretend all you like that it doesn't exist because you have a lot of other content to look at to mm -hmm. distract yourself, act like this doesn't exist, go back to Book of Boba Fett and Mando, go back <laughs> to sort of another series that, that you may think, go back to a few other movies, read the comics, read some more novels, get really immersed in some of the new novels we're going to be talking about. You know, that's perfectly fine. You can imagine, you can, you can pull the sequel trilogy out of there. But Obi-Wan is core. Yeah. He really is core. I can't pretend like he's not core. You cannot imagine, like, because the way Star Wars was for such a long time, you can't just throw away the original trilogy. You can't just like say, right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say, I'm, I'm not going to take a look at what happens in between episode four and five. I'm not going to take a look at this novel or this story or whatever. Technically, they all happened. And Obi-Wan is so core. There's no way that this is not imperative to the legacy of Star Wars entirely. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and, and the fact um, that it's so anticipated and there's so many exactly. people have got their hopes up for the show, especially coming off of Boba Fett, which was kind of divisive. You know, and yeah, and yeah. oh, I'm more. I'm. I, we were all. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think you were too. Much more excited for this than for a potential. Oh new yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Oh, but so how many? How many episodes is this? Uh, Obi Wan will be six. Six, six one-hour episodes. episodes. At least an hour each, potentially yep. more. This is a trilogy. Yeah, it is. This is our Obi Wan trilogy that everybody wanted. Yeah. This, this is, is it. Everyone told you an hour, you know, six episodes, an hour each is six hours. A movie is generally two hours. There you go. Right. Three two hour movies. Yeah, no, right you're absolutely right. And oh God. Yeah, no, this is my most anticipated part of well, I don't want to say thing in Star Wars this year. This is right. of of television and movies and, and, and animation. Even I'll include animation with it. This is my most anticipated novels. That's a different story because we already know there's a novel coming out that I'm losing my mind over. But I, <laughs> this this series, it's like you said, it's got to hit the ground run. Oh, I shouldn't say hit the ground running. It's got to stick the landing. It has to. Yes, it absolutely yeah. has to because if this fails, then there's no hope. Like <laughs> there's there is no hope. I will say this though, and I want to I want to get your thoughts on this, Usa. Um, mm -hmm. first off, let me go back to Book of Boba Fett for a second. You remember? Cad Bane, the whole thing with why didn't he look like he did in Clone Wars, and I, we fixed him oh, yeah. and all. Okay, you remember how I was? I was I, I defended Lucasfilm, saying no, it translates differently when you go from animation to live action. Got no problem with that; right, doesn't right. bother me. And that makes complete sense. Yeah, but 
I'll say this, and I, I think out of the 1138 guys, I think I'm in the minority here. I don't, I'm not one of those guys that's pissing and moaning about it, but I am not thrilled with the way the Grand Inquisitor looks yeah. in the trailer. It's what's, because look, I, I, contrary to popular belief, I don't sit here and just love everything that Lucasfilm does. Once in a while, there's something comes along I don't like, and I'll, and I got to tell you guys about it. And I'm I'm not thrilled with this. And and the analogy I gave in the chat when we were talking was, you know, we well, we've already seen a live action version of the Utapauans in Episode Three, and the Grand Inquisitor in Rebels was modeled after that look with the tall, elongated head. That's that's what he looked like. And then you translate it back to live action again, and something got lost in translation somewhere. And, and and the analogy I used was if you take a, a, an English phrase, right? Let's just say "May the force be with you." I don't know, and translate it into say Chinese, something that's entirely different than English. To a Chinese person, it will you you'll get the point across. But then if you take the Chinese phrase and convert it back into English, it's something completely different. It's not even close to being the same thing. And I feel like that's what happened with the Grand Inquisitor. Uh, his species got translated really well from episode three into animation. It looked great. And then when you went to translate it back into English, what the hell? You know, I just, and, and I put on the Twitter account earlier the, the pictures of Cad Bane between a Duros that we saw in episode four in the cantina, Cad Bane live action, and Cad Bane Clone Wars. I did the same thing with the Grand Inquisitor. I'm just not digging the way the Inquisitor looks, man. I, what, are you, what, what are your thoughts on it? Am I, am I really in the minority with the group? Uh, no, no, you're not. Uh, I, I, I didn't. I mean, I agreed. I agreed with you the first time that like Cad Bane, you know, guys, these characters do look differently because of the way everything is shot, because of the way people are doing things. Um, not only, I mean, if if you're animating something, we saw characters change the way they look technically between Clone Wars and Rebels. Yeah, you know. Uh, so it's perfectly okay because it was just different technology. Maybe it was a different animator. Maybe the staff was a little bit different. That kind of thing. But also because the take of the director on the character might change just a little bit. So because Cad Bane in that in the book of Boba Fett, um, I still don't know whether or not he totally died or not. <laughs> oh, I know he's still alive. But, you wouldn't just kill him off, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But that's that's the thing. He was intense yeah. in the book of Boba Fett. So you you had to feel that intensity because here's the, I mean Clone Wars I I had just recently if anybody's been listening to the podcast for a while it knows that this was my first ever viewing of the Clone Wars entirely like at all of the series right I had seen the movies before uh, but I hadn't seen the, the the series at all like none of it so when I saw it all I lacked that bit of intensity of excitement I saw it as more of a cartoon network kids show. But I loved Star Wars, so I wanted to see the characters. So it was all the same concepts and force and, and the force and you know all of the trainings and, and everything and the fighting and the genocide that was going on and the you know the the uh, political mastermind that was truly Darth Sidious and Palpatine and everything. But um, I, I lost that bit of intensity, and clearly that's what they wanted, and that's what they got with Cad Bane, with the actor that the way they did it and the teeth and the eyes and everything. But um, you know, we I wasn't upset with it being different at all from the way it looked. However, you know, now seeing what they could do with characters, uh, you, well, I mean, yeah, exactly sort of as Brian makes it out, you could have made this character, you know, um, the Grand Inquisitor. His race has already been in Star Wars live action. So really ought to have been less of a transition here. Yeah, it's it just, I, 
I'm sure it'll be fine. Like, it's one of those things, you, I'm a firm believer in suspension of disbelief. You have to be to watch Star Wars. You know what I mean? To care about this universe and stuff, you have to have a level of suspension of disbelief. And that has to be taken into account while looking at it. And, and I, I, I get that translating an animated character to live action, I get it. It's not going to look right. I get it. Totally get it. But in my opinion, Lucasfilm has always prided itself on its practical effects and, and, and the way it brings things to life. Um, think, think about Episode 7 for a second, just for an example. Episode 7, there is a shot on Jakku toward the beginning when Rey is coming back in the Nima outpost. You see this bird with this big beak pecking on a piece of metal with sparks flying off of it. How long did it take somebody to build that just for a two-second shot? You know what I'm right. saying, and but we can't get the Inquisitor right. Like I just, I don't know. It's it's just, I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> it's not gonna make me rip my shirt and scream at the sky and say no, f you. You know, I'm not I'm not gonna do that. Um, but it it did have me a little worried. The rest of the Inquisitors, I really didn't care about, but the Grand Inquisitor, you got to get him right. And he's a big character in Rebels. We know he ends up going toe to toe with Kanan, and we know how he ends, and, and at, we know later on. After his end, where he ends up in the comics, um, I just you, I don't know. It, I'm 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 hoping, I'm hoping that maybe Lucasfilm is hearing everybody complain about this, and and I can't believe I'm saying this because usually I'm on the other end of the fight for this. I'm hoping they Sonic the Hedgehog him, where they go, <laughs> oh crap, no, everybody really hated that, and they go back and fix it. If not, it's not the end of the world. Um, but I, it, it's one thing that kind of left a, a bad taste in my mouth and seeing the, uh, the, the fortress for the inquisitors that we saw in Jedi Fallen oh, Order. So awesome. Amazing. Like watching that. Yeah. Like watching that, uh, fighter, um, watching that fighter jet sort of just go into that base. Yes. It looks amazing. Oh God. This show's going to be so great. Lucasfilm and Star Wars does have an amazing knack for this, like creating, they seem to be similar, but it does have an amazing knack for building evil bases. Right. Oh so God. Like, yeah. Uh, the base on the base on Exegol and this one and, uh, and Darth Vader's lair as well with the lava back on. The oh floor. yeah. They all have this sort of like central, it's like a big, huge, big ass tower. And there's a tiny little central little sliver with a platform <laughs> yeah. where you can land on. But it still looks cool every single time, no matter what variation it is. And it goes back to this sort of thing, even back with the Nazis and everything, like architecture, which is meant to be imposing. Like the pharaohs did this, the Nazis did this, temples did this in general. You know, the bigger it is, the wower it is. Mm -hmm. And not just big and wow, but also an unexpected entrance, you know, something that is sort of out of norm. Because that's kind of a lot uh, to do with architecture in general. Architecture on, on Earth today in our civilization. I love how I'm saying on Earth as if there's like architecture elsewhere <laughs> as well. But this thing of like having architecture. And I work in construction, right? So I see this all the time that there's always standards and norms that we're used to. If something is just a little bit off, you feel something. You have, an, you have, you have a different sort of feeling going in. It's not just funky or jazzy or new or something. No, you, you, you have an emotional reaction as well. Right. Um, it either feels weird or it feels interesting and it starts pulling you in even more. This is with any sort of creative changes to any building. This is construction and architecture speak here. So especially when it's something in this kind of concept when mm -hmm. it's fiction, but it's also, you know, something that's out of this world fiction. It's not just fiction. It's not like a it's not like we're talking about like a, a temple somewhere like an Indiana Jones or whatever. No, you're talking about a planet somewhere somewhere else entirely with different races and everything. With with spaceships and different you know concepts of reality and the force mm -hmm. and whatnot, 
And then so, you, uh, and then you've really got the, then you've got the other end of the spectrum where you've got places like Mount Tanis and the Bad Batch, the cloning facility oh, yeah. that was teased at the end of the of the first season, just hidden in a rock where you'll never see it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like there's, right. it, like they go both ends of the spectrum. But yeah, you're right. I mean, to see some of these fortresses they've built, it, it's just awesome. And I, I will say this: Vader had a castle in Legends, also, but it was on a planet. Oh crap. I bet people are screaming at me right now. I don't remember the name of the planet, but I know that planet had acid rain. I know that. Oh. But he had a castle, okay. but it looked completely different. And so when they did the canon version of it, Mustafar just made sense. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it just and right, the, right, the right. fact that he built his fortress on the location where he became Vader, where he can look out the window and see the spot where Obi-Wan cut his arm and legs off and left him for dead. To fuel are you that hatred. About, in Legends, are you talking about um, Vune or Vune? Oh, Vajun. Vajun. That was it. Yes. Vajun. Yes. Vajun. That was the name of the planet. Yes. Thank you. Yep. That was that was the name of it. But the fact that he built his fortress on Mustafar, right? So he so he can me- basically meditate and look out the window and just get pissed off at Obi Wan for doing what he did to him. It's it's great. But no. Anyway, going back to this this Obi Wan stuff. I this is fanatic. I'm a fanatic over this. I can't wait. Yeah, I mean the only the only thing that I do have to add, by the way, to Obi Wan in general is that you you just you you mentioned something in passing right now that you sort of know how the Grand Inquisitor is going to end up, and we know how Obi Wan's going to end up. We know how most of like the main point is going to end up. Mm-hmm. So what this has to be is a true experience of insight. Yeah, and um, you know it's going to give us insight into what else was going on. It's going to give us more. It's going to give us more. Somebody uh, had asked in a mailbag question about Book of Boba Fett early on in the season, and they had asked, what are you expecting? And my answer was simply, I think all of ours really, was simply wait until the end of the season to find out what it's going to give us. Mm-hmm. Mando wasn't just, you know, at the first season of Mando, it was Mando was just giving us more. But then we saw the dark side. We were like, oh, shit, something's up, you know? And then in the sen- second season, we saw not just more of Mando, more of stuff, more of Star Wars meat, but also something that might potentially move along other parts of the huge Star Wars story here, mm-hmm. you know? And then Book of Boba Fett as well sort of did a little bit of that, so it's sort of like stoppings, um, uh, excuse, stopping, excuse me, I meant um, stepping stones and large stepping stones as well, which also gave you a lot of stuff to talk about in Star Wars. So it's giving you experiences, it's giving you stuff to experience so that you can tell the story in better light. Mm-hmm. Now, this has to be more along the same lines, only with extremely important core characters. I mean, you've got Vader and Obi-Wan. What else do you need? You need everyone who's satelliting around them. So, yeah, I, I just I can't wait to see, you know, this show in terms of if anybody was expecting to or if anybody was going to ask this question, what are you expecting to see from this show or from, you know, these six episodes of Kenobi, of Obi-Wan Kenobi? It is simply, you know, I, I want to transcend back into obi-wan's lifestyle i want to transcend and see i to be honest i really really want to see darth sidious i really want to see oh god yeah and and vader i really want to like i I am i am a sucker for villains and baddies if you haven't already listened to me rant about them on the show (laughs) you will do in a bit because we're talking about them a lot later and soon but yes um uh, later on the show we'll be talking about this because i am a huge fan of villains i think not a single story will ever succeed without the right villain in it. Because otherwise, that hero doesn't have 
right cause, doesn't have anything. So for me to really see this show enhance our view of Obi-Wan, I got to see not just Vader. I got to see a little bit of Star Sidious as well. Yeah, yeah, that's my yeah. That's, that's my two cents on the matter for now. I want to be able to watch Obi-Wan, these six episodes, and then go back and watch A New Hope in an entirely different light. I just, I just want to see. I, it I, I think that's a little overshooting, don't you think? Oh no, I no, really? I I don't because we're going to talk about it a little bit here in a mailbag question coming up. But there are a lot of things uh, that yeah, we'll, we'll just talk about in the mailbag question. When we get around to it. I don't want, I don't want to get okay, into it now. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, I think no. I know what you're talking about. But yeah, let's let's get to it later. Yeah, no. Okay, so moving on. You were talking about villains. Uh, if you guys listened to last week's episode. Uh, you guys know that uh, Usuf wasn't with me. I, I flew solo last week, and I, we were going to start last week, uh, but I decided to hold off. I didn't want to start it because this was Usuf's idea to do, and it's a it's an awesome idea. Uh, so we're going to start it this week, and uh, Usuf, I want to let you take the reins on this and run with it, brother. Uh, I appreciate that. I will take all props I can get. Thank you for that. Now the thing <laughs> is, right, that uh, I uh, I just mentioned it. I love a good villain. And one of the reasons why I've loved Star Wars so much, I got into Star Wars uh, right around the time when Episode 3 came out in theaters. And I wanted to understand more about Star Wars in general. So I watched a whole marathon on TV and then saw Episode 3 in theaters here in Egypt. And uh, it was amazing. It was amazing. You know, I was born um, uh, in the 90s. I was born in 1992. You know, I'm turning 30 this year. And the thing is that when I saw Star Wars as a teenager, you know, it was just fantastic. It was absolutely brilliant. And um, actually, Star Wars Episode Three came out a year later than in the U.S. I mean, just because there wasn't really traction for Star Wars in Egypt that much. But the thing is that what I loved so much about Star Wars was the Force, the actual Force itself. And then that translated into how to use the Force for good or for bad. And technically... What is bad and what is good and why, you know, the Jedi were seen as sort of dogma or outdated or, you know, just sort of, you know, traditional or whatever. And then the Sith were seen as sort of passionate, you know, they're not necessarily dictators or forces of power, but obviously they are in terms of Palpatine. But, you know, anyway, um, here I am talking about Star Wars villains in a light which I haven't seen in any other place, really, Um because there isn't any other medium or theme that makes me really love villains like Star Wars. Genuinely, this is my this is really what I have to say, honestly. So I wanted to really try to incorporate this where everybody, all listeners in this show, uh, for Eleven Thirty Productions and the Star Wars Can Podcast. You know the way Brian has brought us on to sort of add add a little bit of uh, scope to the show. You know we love what he's done, so we want to bring that a little bit closer to you, where we make this a little bit interactive as well. I'm going to be uh, listing um, of the villains of Star Wars, okay? Now, some of them you might not have heard of so much. That's actually really important. And some of them you might already know. We'll be giving you a little bit of more light on each character. And we're going to be pitting them against each other in a cool ranking. Hear me out. Cool ranking meaning which one do you think is cooler, is stands out and, you know, is more appealing to you. So if we were to pit two villains against each other, which one would you think would come up top and you would prefer? Um, now, in, in later on, we'll also be doing a sort of like a cool wall ranking. But initially, we're going to be doing brackets so that we have a sort of uh, a tournament style 
um, within different categories of villains. So initially, we've got uh, Sith, Sith Lords. So those will be something like uh, Darth Sidious, Darth Vader, Darth Pelagius, uh, Darth Tyrannus, who's Count Dooku. Um, miscellaneous force, force users like, uh, like Kylo Ren, Darth Maul, etc. Military figures, bounty hunters slash enforcers, and general assholes. <laughs> <laughs> I, so you can we'll tell be, you can uh, you can tell Jay came up with that. Oh, this is all. Uh, so we were going to do this uh, for we could, we we're going to do the same concept in a bit of a different format where it was all completely random. But we decided to do this <laughs> genuinely after Richard Jay gave us this idea, and it was fantastic. He's he's oh, yeah. on with this. He's, oh, yeah. he's really he's really a lore master. Genuinely, he is. He's got a huge point in how to do this. Um, you know, it feels a little bit better. It feels with you know, it feels like it's got um, better chemistry is the better word. I feel. Mm. Um, so we'll be, you know, we'll be starting tonight with the general assholes. <laughs> I, just, so, I can't uh, help but laugh every time I hear general assholes <laughs> in a category. Cause all I can think of is space balls. He's like, I'm surrounded by assholes. That's all I can think of every time I hear it. So, <laughs> so here, here today, we'll be starting with, we'll be starting off with one, uh, with one face off. Okay. Between two of the general ass- assholes, which we have. So we've got six. I'll list them really quickly right now. Uh, we've got. Dren Voss, Watto, Sebulba, Jabba the Hutt, Newt Gunray, and Hondo. Hondo and So Nanko. the reason why I've chosen these, now we've categorized them as general assholes simply because they, <laughs> they don't really fit into any other category. They're not bounty hunters or enforcers. Even though, for example, Jabba the Hutt might be considered a sort of enforcer because he's a mafia boss sort of thing, but he wasn't actually an enforcer. He didn't, he didn't see him do anything really in, um, in, in, in Star Wars other than being, being an asshole. Being an asshole, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's being an asshole. He's the character that, that he was. <laughs> um, so we'll be having two of these tabs. You know, we'll be facing them off, uh, probably one face-off an episode, maybe two, depending on the time we have, because we've got a lot of content coming out. We want to talk about a lot of stuff, but we don't want to get too boring or too long an episode for you guys. Um, so we'll be asking you to uh, log on to social media. Uh, we'll be creating polls and posts and things, and we'll be waiting for you to vote hopefully on these polls and give us your opinions. Give us your feedback on this poll. I haven't seen any pages do this. If you have, do let us know. It's very interesting to see your take on this. If you think that if you think we're headed in the wrong direction, you want to suggest something else that we do, please, please do that. This is a podcast. We want to tailor it for you. We want to make this an enjoyable experience, you know, so that we can talk about stuff that you maybe haven't sort of considered before. And we'll give you a little bit of feedback uh, excuse me. We'll give you a little bit of of, uh, of background around each character, as I said. So, Brian, let's kick yeah, off. Yeah, let's let's got, do this. All right. So we've got a we random. Got to start us off. With. We've got wheelofnames.com up right now. We've got those six names punched in, so that you guys know this is totally random. We're not coming up with these brackets. This is totally random. So this week, and actually, I guess this week and then next week after that, we'll know the, the third one. But for right now, we've got six names against each other, and we're gonna find out who the first two names are. So let's do this. All right, and the cool first – it is cool, isn't it? I like that. Oh, man. Oh, this is going to hurt. We have got Hondo Anaka as the first contender. Hondo. Hondo Anaka. So we're going to take him out, and we are going to hit it again. Here we go. Let's see who Hondo's going up against. Okay, so this one eh, – this one's going to be easy for me, I think. Looks like we've got Watto. Watto right, exactly. and Hondo Anaka. So that's going to be our bracket for this week. Remember, it's not about who would win in a fight. 
it's who is cooler, which is different. Exactly. It's it's way different because it makes you think more about the character than it does what they can do. And kind of what their, I don't want to say their background, but kind of what their... Oh, it's everything really. How they oh, yeah, it is, themselves, yeah. What they could do, you know, how, 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 how they would uh, transcend sort of Star Wars. Do they enhance the storytelling? Do you like them? Do you like the look of them? Do they make you feel something special? That sort of thing. Would you like to be them? You know, which of these would you most prefer to be sort of thing? You know, it, are they cool or not? You know, that's, it's, just how, it's just how you feel about them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, uh, personally, I know who I'm going with. I, to me so, personally, I mean, it's it's I, hands I, down. I do believe that. I mean, everybody who's ever seen the movies knows who Watto is, obviously. Right. Um, Watto was um, the guy. You know, he's he's a little flying guy who owned Anakin Skywalker, young Anakin. Yep. And um, uh, Qui Gon Jinn. So when you see him in Episode One, Phantom Menace, uh, Qui Gon Jinn. Goes to uh, goes to the planet um, in Tatooine on, on Tatooine. Excuse me. Uh, goes to uh, you know the uh, the city there, and he he deals with Watto just because he needs some spare parts for his ship, and he finds Anakin there and slaves to him and everything. And then you see Watto again in Episode Two. So Watto shows up again a bunch of times later on in comics, you know, and then he finds out he he sort of encounters Darth Vader, doesn't he? And he uh, he figures out apparently that he's Anakin or something like that. Um, uh, there was a did he? Uh, I saw that a bunch of times. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah, and uh, you know he he figured out that he was Anakin simply not because of anything other than Darth Vader made a slight comment on something that needed fixing or that it was an error. Oh, like, I okay, do remember that. Anakin. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and he didn't say anything. Obviously, he was just shocked because he was already scared shitless just knowing. That you know, this is like a huge Sith Lord or something, mm-hmm. like a huge evil guy coming over here. And it's one of the very, very, very rare times where Darth Vader ever, you know, either went back to Tatooine or encountered someone from his past. Anyway, the first bit. Um, yeah, uh, Watto, you know, for all intents and purposes, he's he seems to be obviously he's not just a sleazeball or a traitor or whatever. He does sort of have a heart, whatever you think of, but he's still he's out here to make money. He's a very hard man. He's lived out in the desert his entire life, with mm-hmm. very sort of like scumbags around him. It's turned him into what he is, you know. Sure, yeah, of course, he's a, he's a slave owner, so that himself makes him a scumbag. But yeah, um, it doesn't get bigger in terms of scumbags when you talk, when you're talking about Hondo. Hondo is <laughs> awesome. This asshole. Hondo, so I just mentioned right that I was watching Clone Wars for the first time, and Hondo when he showed up in Clone Wars, I was like, oh, this is cool. This is a change of pace. And he was. He was a huge, he was a very, it was a very nice change of pace. He was a huge change of pace, actually. You know, oh, yeah. different from what we normally see in Star Wars. And then when he kept popping up again and again, I was like, okay, I better watch out for this guy. Because he's clearly really cool. <laughs> and he does so, so much. He does so much. He pops up in Cold Wars a bunch of times. Oh, yeah. And more than, I think he pops up in five different seasons, actually. Out of oh, yeah. Once he's in, he's in. Yeah. He ended up becoming a Exactly, regular. exactly. Yeah. And he pops up, sometimes he pops up in the most opportune spots. <laughs> like, okay, what are you doing here at this point in time? Like, with a very special, you know, mission here to you, do. And then you see his flying saucer. You see his flying saucer pop up, and you're like, guy, here, here we go. It's the Anaka gang. You want to know how important Hondo is? He's in uh, Galaxy's Edge. He's at Galaxy's Edge. Like there's like yeah. this little bit with him there, and he's like you're going through. I think you're either on a boat or like a sort of like a slow roller coaster going in. I think it's the and smugglers running there with his voice. 
Yeah, yeah, and he's uh, he's up there with he's up there with his voice and everything, and it looks really cool. I saw a video of it because Stephen, you know, who's with us on the podcast, who's co-host of the Marvel Cast podcast, um, uh, he's busy with with some awesome family stuff going on lately. Oh but yeah, he's, um, he he went to he went to Galaxy's Edge. And he t- took a video of that specifically saying, look, there he is, Hondo. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and by that time, I'd already watched Cold Wars. I was like, oh, shit, it isn't. That's amazing. <laughs> so I, it, it does actually make a huge difference. I, I uh, love Hondo. Hondo is everything. He's a, he's a weapons dealer. He's a mercenary. He's got his own crew. He's got his own fleet, technically. He mm, goes yeah. to planets and stirs shit up politically just so he can get some gain out of it. He's a very... You know, he's very flexible and he's very light. He's not sort of like, he's not like a crime syndicate or anything. He's funny. He's edgy. He's got like this weird sort of uh, croaky accent. So it sort of makes him feel like, oh, yeah, so this is my deal. Like, this is how I do things. Uh, Actually, that was, that was pretty uh, good. You are always too good for your own good. Huh? That's a you pretty know, good, like man. That's, that's well, a not, pretty good. I haven't good. watched him in a long time. I'm not that good with accents. No, yeah, I, damn, I, that was pretty good. Butchered him. If somebody, if you'd like to mail in and say, Yusuf, that was horrible, please do. Like, I deserve <laughs> it. But the thing is, right, that... He's just, he's just really fun. He's really cool. He's really fun. And uh, now Watto's also pretty cool here. So I, I like this. I like them. I like them being pitted up against. Oh him, yeah. Even if it's random, because Watto, you know, he does have his own edge. Like Watto definitely had a lot of potential as well. Mm-hmm. If you were thinking about the world of Star Wars, I'm not talking about within the storyline of Star Wars because the storyline is set. Right. You can't right. really talk about. Oh, he could have done this, but he didn't. Well, the storyline's a storyline. But. Um, yeah, I think Watto also had a lot of potential. If I was, if I was someone like Watto, like that would be that would be an amazing spot where you could grow and grow and grow, uh, and do stuff with all the material that came with you. You know, you were betting on pod races. You had Anakin Skywalker as as your slave. Like you could have done literally anything. But anyway, like oh yeah, um, yeah. So this is this is the first bracket. This is what we're kicking off our cool ranking with. We had to go with with the funniest category first. General assholes. It's too easy to go for the fifth <laughs> first, you know. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love that Brian laughed every time. I, I can't help. I just stuff. keep thinking of Rick Moranis. I just I can't help it. Thank I'm you. Surrounded Thank by you, assholes. Richard Jay. Thank um, you, Richard so Jay, me, all the way in Wales for thinking up this uh, this category here. So let me ask you this, Yusuf. Who is cooler to you? If okay. you had to, if you had to pick, if you had a blaster to your head and you had to pick, who are, who are you going with? All right. So uh, who am I going with? Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Hondo. The reason being uh, that Hondo actually dealt with some big issues. I mean, Wado had <laughs> yeah. a lot at his disposal, but he he was just staying on Tatooine. He was just a traitor. But yeah, Hondo Hondo is pretty cool. Hondo is uh, Hondo 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 wore sunglasses at one point and a helmet, and he was like, "Oh, that's a badass right there." He wears like this leather leather jacket and gloves with like the fingertips open. I mean, Wado flies. And he's croaky, and he and by the way, one of the reasons why Watto to me is incredibly cool, it and when Qui Gon Jinn tries to sort of influence him with the Force into yes. uh, agreeing that Republic credits will do fine, he goes, "No, no, they won't. They won't. Republic credits will yeah. do fine. No, they won't. What? You what do you think you're some, you're some sort of Jedi trying to yeah. do these mind tricks? I'm a Dragarian. No, nothing, nothing works on me. Only money. You know, this guy's so hard headed." And even the Jedi could have manipulated. <laughs> and the look on Qui Gon's face is the, like the definition of annoyed. Like exactly, Qui Gon's like, "What the fuck?" Like seriously. <laughs> if, yes, no. What the like this guy? This character do not underestimate him. And if you think he's cool, bang on. If you think he's cooler, absolutely bang on too. Please hit that vote button. You know, like make sure that that you get you get your voice heard. Because uh, this is really cool, Hondo versus Watto sort of thing. I think Hondo just edges out Watto for me, just because I've seen him more. 
in a more in a different setting you know like he's done more he's been on other planets he's got a crew he's a mercenary yeah to, to me it's hands down hondo I I adore yeah, Hondo Anaka as a character. I get so excited when I see him pop up somewhere. I'm shocked he hasn't popped up in live action yet. He is the next one on my list that I want to see in live action. Uh, go oh, go cool. from oh I, I I take that back. The second he's the second one on my list right now because next is Thrawn, and I know I'm getting Thrawn, but I don't know if I'm getting Hondo. So I really want to see Hondo in live action. Um, I love this guy, and my favorite uh, my like my two favorite moments with him because he was in Rebels also. Uh, and my, my 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 two favorite moments with him in Clone Wars, um, Ahsoka is stranded on I don't remember what planet it is. Is I think it's I don't remember what planet it is. Anyway, she's stranded, uh, and the Jedi won't send help. And so Obi Wan and Anakin are like, I know somebody who could send some weapons and munitions, and they hire Hondo to go take all these supplies to Ahsoka. And she's like, Who are these from? And he's like, General Skywalker. And he's like, and a blaster bolt flies past his face, and the first thing out of his mouth is. It, oh, look at the time. And he turns around to walk back onto his ship to leave. Exactly. Just exactly. that suave kind of smoothness to him. And then in Rebels, I don't remember which, I think it was season two, when he popped up with his uh, Ugnaught companion, and they threw him into the sky, and he's like, they do fly. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about pigs flying. He's like, they do fly. I, I, it, Hondo, to me, he's just he's got a special place in my heart. I love Hondo Anaka. So seeing yeah, him pop up, that no made me happy. Reason talking about that there's no reason why honda wouldn't be um you know in the show in mando next season there's oh no it makes total sense be. that he would be no, there. there yeah yeah i mean if if he would be there absolutely makes total sense if he's not going to be in there okay like there's other directions that they can go with but there's no reason why he won't be there genuinely right. you know especially given how prominent he is because he's he's in the criminal underworld right He's not so set in his ways. He's not in one planet. You know, he goes around wheeling, dealing sort of thing, making something out of the universe. He's just flying low, uh, trying trying to do his thing, sometimes flying really high and really showy in front of everyone. Right. He really just grabs his grabs the attentions of those around him. So, but yeah, I mean, and he's not a bounty hunter. He's just sort of trader slash mercenary slash, you know, dealer sort of thing. Right. Yeah, no. So those are yeah, our so options. That's, uh, um, Those are the options. That's our first bracket. Head over to our Facebook page, 1138 Productions. Uh, we'll have the bracket up there. We'll have it up on the YouTube channel as well on the community tab. We'll have it up on Twitter. And uh, you guys can vote on which one you think. Remember, not who would win in a fight, but who is cooler. We're going to try to focus on the positive parts of this, not who could behead each other. We're going to see who is cooler. So head on over there, vote, and next week we'll talk about the results and we'll drop the next bracket on you guys, the next two people going head-to-head. So, uh, very cool intro for that segment, Usif. I'm really excited to see where that ends up going. Um, but we got to move on. So, the next thing I want to talk about here is, I used to talk about it on the show quite a bit, and then I kind of stopped. Um, but I think it's something that needs to be talked about each week, because there's so much coming out at this point. Upcoming canon. There's stuff that's coming out in the next month, month and a half. Comics, I think I'm only going to try to stay in the, in the ne- within the next month, because there's so many of them. And those dates are subject to change anyway. They can push a comic back a week or two weeks, you know, here and there. Um, but for right now, I want to talk about the upcoming canon that we know about uh, within the next month. Novels, I went ahead and went to the end of the year. And I'm going to keep saying them every week till the end of the year in case, you know, we have a new listener pop in and they're wanting to hear upcoming canon. They don't have to go back four episodes to find out what's coming out that week. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, that's bang on. Yeah, that's so. Right now, for novels and upcoming canon, we've got Tempest Runner, which is the script version, the hardback script version of the audio drama by Kevin Scott. 
following Lorna D in the High Republic, and it comes out on March 15th, which is next week. Uh, Queen's Hope by E.K. Johnston on April 5th. Brotherhood by Mike Chen on May 10th. Stories of Jedi and Sith on June 7th, which is going to be a short short story anthology. Yeah, it's going to be really good. Um, Shadow of the Sith by Adam Christopher on June 28th. That is my number one anticipated piece of Star Wars material this year. It's going to be awesome. I can't can't wait for that book. Um, Padawan by Kirsten White on July 26th. We're all going to read that no matter what we do. Oh, yeah. The Princess and the Scoundrel by Beth Revis on August 16th. Uh, This next one I'm really excited for is Star Wars Insider Fiction Collection, The High Republic Volume 1 on October 4th. This is going to be a collection of all the short stories from the Star Wars Insider magazine, all collected in one area, so you can actually read these outside of the magazine. Uh, And then we are kicking off Phase 2 of The High Republic with the Del Rey novel Convergence by Zoraida Cordova. On October 4th. The High Republic Quest for the Hidden City by George Mann, October 4th. Uh, and then in November, we've got Hunters Battle for the Arena by Mark Ashiro on November 1st. That's going to be a tie in novel with the mobile game Hunters that's coming out. And then on November 1st, we're also getting The High Republic Path of Deceit by Justina Ireland and Tessa Grattan. So we have got a lot of novels this year to look forward to. Um, as far as comics go, I'm only going to go a month out because, like I said, these dates can change, and there's so many of them. Uh, Halcyon Legacy number two is on March 16th. Doctor Afra number 19 on March 23rd. Also on March 23rd is Darth Vader number 21. Bounty Hunters number 21 is March 30th. Bounty Hunters number 22 is April 6th. Star Wars number 22 is April 6th, and Crimson Rain number four it will be April 6th. So there's there's your comics for the next uh, month. As far as television goes, we all know what's coming in May, on May 25th, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, as far as video games go, I'm really excited for this. Yes, I know that this video game isn't necessarily canon. It's Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga. But I am so looking forward to this game. <coughs> Excuse me. That I, I Look, the, and the reason I, I talk about it on a canon podcast is because when Lego The Force Awakens came out, there was a mission that you could play that was the... Lego version of the C-3PO comic, The Phantom Limb, which I hated. I despised that comic. And to play it in Lego was hilarious. It was a blast to play it in Lego. But the fact that they put a canon story in there leads me to believe that the other stories in there could possibly be canon. So I'm assuming that anything extra they added to Skywalker Saga and this, story-wise, is going to be like canon adjacent. You know what I mean? Where it's not... The story is there, but like the Lego humor didn't happen. You know what I'm saying? But but the story itself is is canon. So I, that's why I'm talking about it. But it comes out on April 5th. I cannot wait for this game. That's going to be the game that gets me to fire back up on the gaming videos for 1138 Productions. So we've got that to look forward to. That's our upcoming canon. We'll talk about that every week, and I think next week we'll end up crossing one of the novels off. I think it's the Tempest Runner we'll cross off. Uh, and who knows, we'll add more to it, and this list will evolve as the year goes by. So uh, really looking forward to everything that's that's coming out. And like you said at the, beginning, at, the, at the top of the show, man, it's a great time to be a Star Wars fan. There's so much coming yeah, out. That there's, there's just so, so much great. In, in all different sorts of mediums. I mean, Lego is just going to be fun. If you just wanted to yes. relive some old Lego stuff, like if you don't really care about the debates and the new content and stuff, that's perfectly fine. I get you. Star Wars is core for you because you – you know, you went through it and you love the story so much. You're going to enjoy it a lot with the Lego. Oh, this is going to yeah. be fun. 
Oh, yeah. It's a lot of good family fun as well. If you have not played the Lego game and you think it's silly, I genuinely implore you to please try it out. Even if you're trying out at a friend's or go to the store or watch a YouTube video game, of, excuse me, watch a YouTube video of, of like uh, a dad and his kid just play the game together. You need zero PlayStation skills or PC skills or Nintendo or Xbox, whatever. You just need to have have fun, genuinely. I, I can't wait for that game. I'm gonna. I, I just. I because when when I tell people when I met my buddy Kyle, you know, he was asking what kind of video games you play, and I'm like, uh, Batman Arkham, Assassin's Creed, and uh, Lego games. Get, don't and don't judge me because the Lego games are absolutely a blast. They're hilarious. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this. I I can't wait. Um, and, and I'm counting down the days, like it's less than a month away. I can't wait. Anyway, a month from now, we'll probably be playing a month from now. We're going to be recording this podcast and then I'm going to get off and then I'm going to get it editing. I'm, I'm going to get it exporting and then I'm going to go play Lego Skywalker saga. You think I'm playing? It's going to eat up all my time. So I'm, I can't wait. Uh, moving on. We got one more segment to talk about tonight and that is mailbag questions. This is the part of the show where you guys get to Woo. voice your opinions and, and, uh, Kind of test us a little bit to see what we know about Star Wars. So how do you guys get a question on the Star Wars Canon Podcast? You can email us at StarWarsCanonPodcast at gmail.com or you can visit 1138productions.com slash contact. You can send us a message through there as well. Uh, each week we'll go through and pick out a few uh, and we'll talk about them right here on the episode. So this week we've got four questions. It was only going to be three and then a last minute one came in when I was putting the show notes together that I couldn't leave out. So we've got four good questions this week. And uh, let's just jump into it, man. So the first question this week comes from Dan McGuire. And Dan Dan. Dan says, uh, hey there, fellow Star Wars fans. I just found your show on Apple Podcasts, and I love it. You guys have a true passion for Star Wars, and it shows. Keep up the great work. Thanks for the kind words, Dan. Appreciate it. Uh, My question concerns headcanon. What are your thoughts on believing something is canon until it's confirmed not to be? I would love to hear your thoughts. Can't wait to see where you guys go in the future. Thanks for the question, Dan. Um, Usif, do you have anything in your head that you consider headcanon? Um, I, I, the way I think about this, because we, um, we covered this just a little bit together, like on our own, because uh, I was worried about canon because I got into Star Wars much later than um, my fellow colleagues on 1138 Productions. So, you know, they've all dived into Legends before and other kinds of canon material, which later Disney had retconned as being not canon. So, unfortunately, because... Unfortunately for me, that is. Because there's so much material to try to catch up on, I only look at stuff that is declared canon. So, uh, because I don't want to get sidetracked by, by legend stuff, I'm hardly being able, I'm hardly uh, keeping up with the canon stuff anyway, because it is a lot of content and I'm still trying to get at it. There's I only so just much. watched Clone Wars yeah. a few months ago. So, um, the thing is that uh, I don't, uh, I, you know, my, I understand where you're coming from, of course. However, anything that is canon until it's confirmed not to be, well, I think we already got a huge answer because this sort of new era, sort of like a new start line for Star Wars, where you sort of just like take everything that you want in your backpack and then leave the rest to sort of like legend slash fan fiction slash other fiction sort of thing in Star Wars. So I think we already have what is defined as canon. What do you think, Brad? I, I'm with you. I try to do my best. I, I'm really OCD when it comes to keeping stuff in order, hence the, the timeline, like how tedious it is. 
But I, I really try to keep everything straight. I've tried going back and reading Legends novels while in the middle of canon novels, and it's hard. For some reason, my stupid lizard brain can't differentiate canon from non-canon. Um, that doesn't mean I'm not going to go back and read Legends novels eventually. It's just, I, for some reason, I have a hard time differentiating, uh, differentiating the two. Um, I I don't want to say I can't stand the word headcanon because I, I I value other people's opinions. You know, if they say, you know, I want this to be my headcanon, in my head this is what happened, that's fine. Nobody's going to take that from you. I can't take that from you. But what I try to stick to is what is legally <laughs> Disney's canon. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and don't get me wrong, there's pieces of it that I'm not a fan of. Um, but it to me, it's canon. And and to think that something is canon, this is just me personally. I'm not saying you're wrong, Dan, if, if this is the way you, you, you feel. Um, me personally, I think it's, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I don't want to say dangerous because it's not dangerous. It's uh, counterproductive maybe be the word I'm thinking of. I don't know. There's There are things in Legends that I would love to see brought into canon. The Bane trilogy, Darth Bane. We know Darth Bane as a character is canon, but his novels, his trilogy, those stories are not necessarily canon until they're said they are. As much as I want to believe that they're canon, I, I can't sit there and honestly say these happened until Disney confirms that they happened. Um, things that have been retcon I, I shouldn't say retcon but things that have been confirmed so far to not be canon like shadows of the empire it breaks my heart to say that there's no way that can ever be canon now as it sits at this moment there's no way um there there are things that happen in that novel like leia getting the uh Bausch bounty hunter outfit from giri prince shizor's cyber uh, um uh, uh, not cyborg uh, i think she was a cyborg her android or his android and now in canon, she got it from Maz Kanata to go rescue Han. So there are certain things that you can't say that's canon until they prove it's not. I, I'm of the mindset nothing is canon until they make it canon. So I'm on the far other end of the spectrum from maybe where you're at. Not necessarily saying that you're wrong or that's a bad thing. But for me personally, to keep everything straight in my head, I have to, like, as straight as an arrow, stick to what I know is official canon you know what i'm saying yeah yeah i gotcha so yeah because because of this new era stuff that we're dealing with what brian's basically saying is exactly what what he just made out to be he's considering everything to be you know unconfirmed until basically hey this is released this is canon right okay cool so this is this is for sure this is canon therefore we're reading this and making sure it's canon and I hate the fact, like you just said, like I hate the fact that there's great content out there that unfortunately has been oh, removed. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, I, I sort of understand why. I mean, for those of you who don't understand the big difference between what is Legends or what is canon, what isn't canon, for example, you might not know that Luke Skywalker uh, and one version of him, I suppose, got married. and uh, Or perhaps not got married, but had a serious relationship with a girl who was a very uh, force-sensitive person, and she was a Sith, you know? And and this is just this is just mind-boggling, right? But then, you know, this is not canon. So, well, technically, this didn't happen anymore. But it's funny to think that it did, and somebody who was an official author wrote that it did. It wasn't fan fiction. It was actual written stuff here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is just something, it's just one of the examples. You know, others could be like a huge campaign with different fighter, uh, with the different fighter, fighter jets going off and doing stuff. Uh, Han Solo, you know, Leia, all of the characters were involved in this kind of stuff. Yeah, so I, 
I I don't consider anything canon until I I don't even try to think about what could end up being canon or what could be brought into canon except for Darth Bane. I swear to God, they need to make that trilogy canon. Um, but but I'm I'm of the mentality right now. All of Thrawn it sucks. Is canon. Oh yeah, all of all of Thrawn is canon. So that that's really important. It, I recommend. You know, I'm I'm gonna start reading Thrawn soon. So I hope everybody. Oh, dude, you're gonna have well. a blast with the Thrawn trilogies. They're so yeah. good. But I hope that answers your question, Dan. That's kind of where we stand on the words headcanon. It's a really good question. It's really it, it is a good question. It's a very good question because there's, I mean, there's a lot of theories out there that I would really like to buy into concerning Star Wars, and I'm like, ooh. And, and there's a lot of people that are like, I totally believe that this is what was going on behind the scenes. Uh, that's fine. Go for it. But uh, you know, I'm going to wait until until we get an official story. If we ever get an official story, kind of like here's a here's a good example. Boba Fett. Did he survive the Sarlacc pit before the before the Mandalorian came out? Nobody freaking knew. Nobody had a clue on whether or not he survived the pit. So I stuck with, oh, he died. You know, like as much as I said, I, we know he got out until the aftermath novels came along and they had his armor on a Jawa Sandcrawler when Cobb Vanth found his armor. And I'm like, oh, okay, so he definitely got out. That that right there tells me, yes, he did get out. And so now that we've got that full story of how he got out and, you know, went back to try to basically get even with the freaking thing, dropped a seismic charge down its gullet. I mean, that's awesome. Don't get me wrong. That's awesome. But we didn't know whether or not he survived until it was finally confirmed for us. So I I just take it as it comes uh, to, to sum up in a nutshell. Just take it as it comes. Roll with the punches. Accept everything they give us with a smile and a thank you. And please, sir, can I have some more? Some more, please. A little more. Please more. You know, so <laughs> that that's where I'm at. But thanks for the question, Dan. Do appreciate it. Uh, and thanks for being a listener, man. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad you found the show. Uh, question number two this week comes from Renee Jennings. And Renee says, is there anything in canon so far that says Obi-Wan and Vader never met between episodes three and four? Basically, if they have basically if they have an actual rematch in the Kenobi series, does it break canon or retcon anything? I'm a little nervous that we could be on the brink of the biggest retcon in Star Wars history. Thanks for building a great community of fans. Thanks for the question, Renee. Uh, this is a direct follow. It, it's sort of like uh, it's, it has a lot of you know. It's linked to the question to the first question we just spoke about. Like you oh, have yeah. all the right keywords there. You know. This is what I was wanting to talk about earlier when we were talking about Obi-Wan, and I said we were going to hold off on talking about it till now. Um, what do you think, Usuf? Uh, do, you think, do you think if Obi-Wan and Vader come face-to-face that that is going to break anything in canon? No, I don't, and I'm really excited to see this. So basically, up until now, there is no meeting. There's nothing official that, that, that's canon. I don't think even anything official that, that isn't canon, actually. Uh, anything unofficial, excuse me, that isn't canon, uh, of Obi-Wan and Vader meeting ever between episode three and four, okay? Um, I don't think that, that that exists. I don't think that it's ever been done, whether it's canon or not canon. Definitely not canon. Maybe there is something that isn't canon, and I just don't know about it. But um, definitely, definitely not in canon. So the thing is that um, I would love to see this. Of course I would. Um, it, does, it, does it fall in line with episode four? Or in five and six and the events, it could do because in episode four, you know, whenever they first met, it uh, it, it didn't seem like it was um, it, it was the first meeting since episode three when you've taken episode three into account, and then in episode six, when uh, you know, oh, by the way, this this was just an impression I had, but in episode six, Vader speaks to Luke, 
and he says Obi Wan once thought as you did. Right. When Luke tells him that I, I, you know, there's still good in you, Father. You know. Um. So this this statement, right? So Obi Wan once thought as you did that there is still good in you. That means that Obi Wan might have confronted him when he was already bad, when he was sick. Mm-hmm. So because up until you know the last moment, this is one of my this is one of my favorite moments, by the way, in Star Wars. The last moment, Obi Wan saw Anakin, right? Because then, when he when he met him on Mustafar, he was no longer Anakin; he was already Vader, mm-hmm. right? So this moment when he says, um, "And you, my friend, may the Force be with you," you know, and he says to Anakin, "You know, you've grown to be a fine young Jedi, to be a fine Jedi, and you'll be a master soon. Like, don't worry about it. You, like, you got this, brother. Like, literally, that's what I felt him say." And mm-hmm. Anakin's just smiling at him, you know, and. I'll see you soon, all right? I'm going to miss you sort of thing. And there's nothing, there's no, there's nothing wrong there. Anakin doesn't feel like he wants to tell him that, oh, I've been speaking to Palpatine about this. Oh, I've been having visions. He's just like, you know, this is my, this is my brother. I'm going to see him soon. So none of that screams out, Obi-Wan once fought as you did, right? Right. So, so this, I think, they're, I, I don't want to get my hopes up, but I think they're going to aim for it. I think they're going to give us this. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're going to give us a sort of showdown. And you know what? I wouldn't be disappointed if I didn't get a physical fight, a showdown. I would not be disappointed, not at all. I would actually love to see them communicate through the Force, genuinely. Um, I'm sorry, I'm speculating now. So to answer your question, um, um, yeah, it's uh, there's nothing in canon that says that Obi-Wan never met, by the way. It's just simply nothing in canon that has says that they have met. So this isn't going to break canon. No. I. Uh, but it is potentially going to be really in line with what's already happened. I think that the opposite is going to happen. I think there's enough in canon in the films alone that allows for them to see each other again in between. Um, yeah. what, what you were saying with Vader saying Obi-Wan once thought as you did, you know, tr- trying to say there's still good in him, you know. Um, yeah. And, and and Obi-Wan, when he's kind of, you can see the, the flashbacks happening in his mind. You don't see the flashbacks, but you can tell he's reliving everything in A New Hope when he's telling Luke, you know, what what happened to him and, and saying, you know, he's more machine now than man, twisted and evil. Oh, yeah. There, there's a how does he know that? Video. Yeah. How does he know that? Exactly. There's a great fan made video of this, of him, of Obi-Wan talking and then he's like flashbacking. Having the PTSD flashbacks. Episode yeah. three and stuff. It's so cool. It gives me chills sometimes with the music and stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, that fan-made video is amazing. But Star Wars fans are some of the best, honestly. But yeah, um, exactly as you just said, like, how, how does he know that too in episode four? He's more machine now than man. He, even if Obi-Wan heard of this person, Vader, or whatever it is, and he could have figured that this was him, he, Obi-Wan wouldn't make a statement like that until unless he came across himself. Here, here's another thing, too. Um, th- th- consider this. So on Tatooine, Obi Wan's out in the middle of, of literally BF nowhere, right? Uh, right? And and I'm sure he thought. I mean, when he left Anakin, he was leaving him for dead. He just didn't have the heart to finish it himself. He just left him for dead. He walked off. Exactly. And so living on Tatooine. Because remember Vader, the, nobody in the galaxy knew who Vader was. There were people exactly. who thought he was a was uh, a myth. There were people who, there's no such thing. You know what I'm saying? Like he was this boogeyman that nobody ever saw. 
a very small percentage of the galaxy ever saw Darth Vader himself. It wasn't like the entire galaxy was being gripped by, you know, fear of this black enforcer. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it was, he was a myth. Not everybody even believed he existed. So, Obi-Wan, on Tatooine, out in the middle of nowhere, where, you know, we don't know if there was an Imperial uh, garrison on Tatooine at the time. We know there wasn't a New Hope because they were looking for the droids. So, if there's no Imperials around and everybody's going about their business on Tatooine, does he even know that Vader is still alive? You know what I'm saying? Because think of what Ahsoka said. She said at one point she tried to reach out for Anakin's presence after episode three and couldn't feel him because Anakin was no more. Obi-Wan wouldn't have been able to feel him either. And it leads me it, it, it leads me to believe so it does, doesn't it? And it leads me to believe that he's going to find out in this series that Vader is still alive. And then he's that's I mean, and maybe maybe it's his guilt that brings him to want to come face to face with Anakin again and try one more time. And, you know, this awesome showdown happens, limbs get chopped off. That's when Obi-Wan realizes, you know, he's more machine now. You know, in the suit that he's in isn't just for I mean, it's it's a life support system. You know what I'm saying? Like I think there I think there's more in canon that supports them meeting again than there is anything that says they can't. So I, I it's not gonna break canon. And and besides, you've got Dave Filoni on your team. You really think Filoni's gonna let anything break canon? You know what I'm saying? Like there's there's nothing that he's gonna do to to F everything up. You know what I'm saying? So I think Star Wars is his Bible. Like Oh, I think so, yeah. His Bible. I, I completely agree, yeah. So he's he's part written in himself. He has he's he's, he's been saying. in charge of a good portion of it. You know, so and and it's and it's the best portions, if you if oh, you yeah, ask me. So so I hope that answers your question, Renee. Uh, thanks for sending it in. Question number three this week comes from Ashley May, and Ashley says, "In the Mandalorian, I like this question. This is going to be a, a very interesting one. In the Mandalorian, we hear Boba Fett say that his father's armor is his birthright as a Mandalorian, but Boba was a clone of Jango." Do you consider Boba as offspring from Jango or just a copy? And what implications does that have on Star Wars as a whole, if any exist? I love you guys and what you're doing for Star Wars. May the Force be with you. Thank you for the kind words, Ashley. Uh, I like this question a lot because there are other implications in Star Wars that an answer to this question would directly affect. Um, so is Boba just a clone, or is he his own person that's basically Django with different life experiences? Um, I'm going to say that by birthright, I, I don't know if I buy it or not. Because you could go to the... The Mandalorians could go to the Kaminoans, right? And say, we want 50 clones of all of us. And they're all Mandalorian by birthright. Right. You know what I'm saying? You can't just keep a creed going... And, a, and I don't want to say a bloodline, but a people going like that and say, especially with the culture that the Mandalorians have, where it's a birthright, you know, you have to earn this or this part's a birthright. I, you can't just go and say, I want to make a copy of myself and just give everything I've earned to it. You know what I'm saying? Um, but what's interesting about this question is the implications it has, because look at Ray and Palpatine. If, Ray is the daughter of a Palpatine clone. Is she really Palpatine's granddaughter? Or is she 
the pseudo daughter of a clone of Palpatine. You know what I'm saying? So it's really interesting. There are a lot of implications on this. What what are your thoughts, man? Yeah, exactly. This is this is really good. Your line of thinking because maybe, oh, you're my granddaughter once removed, uh, and right. I don't think it's that. Like I think it's more. So, okay, uh, in terms of the term birthright, yeah, I'm just like you. I have a problem with this term birthright. However, is Boba Django's son? I actually think so. As in, I know this is not the same sort of thing, but let, hear me out. So, I think that Django, you know, he specifically, the only thing he asked of the Kaminoans was that he wanted an unaltered clone of himself. So, something a clone that did not have uh, the rapid growth gene. Uh, that you know wouldn't grow faster and so on. Didn't have the inhibitor that chip. He could, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he could basically raise Boba, and he did up until he got his head chopped off by Mace Windu. Dun dun dun. Um, <laughs> so when that up until then, you know, he's basically got a son, and that's what he wanted, right? That's what Jango wanted. He wanted a son. He wanted a son. He wanted to raise someone. He wanted a partner. He wanted to grow up with. He wanted to teach him. And he did so much with him as well. Like he learned a lot from. Oh yeah, uh, he learned a lot from Django. And um, there's there's a lot of material there as well. You know, some stuff in the in, in in comics, which I really loved. By the way, I had a comic recently. You know, one of my first actually to read for Star Wars, which showed sort of like an experience for Boba trying to prove to his father that he could do it, that he could do stuff. That oh, I remember that and, comic. I loved that comic. I wanted to. Uh, I love it. I wanted a series based off of it. I remember oh, that. Yeah, that was fantastic. It, it was that the, was it was the, fantastic. It was the Django Fett comic, The Age of Republic. Age of Republic. Yeah, exactly. I remember that. Oh, so good. It was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. So, uh, and it was very short as well. It's short and sweet, like really sweet. Hit, hit the, hit the point. Uh, you know, uh, sorry, excuse me. Uh, it, it hit, the, hit the nail on the head, really, of the relationship between Django and Boba. Mm-hmm. So, no, I, I do think that Boba is Django's son. Like that is a relationship. That is a father-son relationship. Okay. And, um, you know, may, they may not even, he may not have had to, you know, have a mother or birth him. The relationship is father and son, clear cut, in my opinion. Whether or not it's his birthright, well, maybe he sees it as his birthright because of this relationship. Bo-Katan so seemed my... to have an, an issue with it, though. I'm sorry, say that again? Bo-Katan seemed to have an issue with it. Bo-Katan seemed to have an issue, of course, of course. Because, well, Bo-Katan seemed to have an issue because of the concept that it's Mandalorian armor. And you have a birthright to Mandalorian where you were not Mandalorians. When Jango was a bounty hunter, he was not Mandalorian. Or was he? Well, I think they confirmed that he was Mandalorian. Exactly. So if he is Mandalorian, now Boba, Jango's son, does he get to be Mandalorian then automatically or because, you know, he never, he never hung out with Mandalorians. He never swore the creed. He never got trained by them or anything. He had his own sort of life path going off somewhere else. So yeah, this is, this is kind of a up to interpretation thing until it's canon, until it's defined by canon, really. You know, I I would say it's as, I would say he has claim to it because it was his father's. So it's sort of like his inheritance. But but how can you um, have a birthright if you're never born? I think I think simply because uh, like the term birthright here does not have to, re- in my opinion at least, doesn't have to refer to you being born. It could just simply be because he's your son, right? So if I'm if I was adopted and then my father left me something, technically that's my inheritance, right? It technically isn't birthright either, but then that's what they mean, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean that's just a term, right? Birthright. 
because he wasn't born either. So, I mean, Star Wars used the term birthright themselves. Right. I mean, maybe they're going to go back and say, oh, we shot ourselves in the foot in that one. How about we bring (laughs) him in? How about we bring him in, just edit out this sort of statement here, just make him say, it's my right. And then they they edit out the term birth, for example, or something. They mm-hmm. might do that later down the line. They might have done that already. I mean, we'll see. Maybe you can go rewatch that season and see. Maybe they might have edited it or something. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I my short answer is, yeah, cool. I could consider Like, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with him seeing that that's his right, slash birthright, slash inheritance. Um, but not because he's Mandalorian, because he was – born out of <clears throat> he was created uh, and then raised uh, he was created out of out of Django's uh, genes and cells and whatever and he was he was raised by him and that's a father-son relationship and that's something that no other clone has you know nobody has a relationship with the original with Django other than Boba fair enough well, that's my two cents the clones but yeah no I you know that relationship yeah no they th- those two that was you're right that was very much a father-son relationship um but it, I don't know, man. I just, now it's got me thinking, like, second-guessing a bunch of stuff. Like, I'm questioning my whole existence now. Because, like, <laughs> it's, well, it's it's a good question. Because going back to the Ray Palpatine thing, uh, if, if you have a clone of yourself, let's say I clone myself, and that clone grows up and has a daughter. Is that daughter my granddaughter? Or is that just uh, uh, the daughter of a byproduct of my body? You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, it's just, it's weird. Yeah, I completely know what you're saying. According to the logic which I just used, yeah. if I was going to base it off the own logic which I just made, remember the clones which, which they found in Clone Wars off of different planets and they had different lives and they had deserted and were sort of like right. forgotten. Some of them even had like amnesia. They had forgotten that they were soldiers in the first place. Right. Um, and then, you know, they would have married someone and had a daughter or son or whatever. So, no, I would not consider those uh, grandchildren of Jango Fett. I would consider them you know, offspring of a clone, which they had. But um, because of that relationship of father-son, if Boba has a son now, or a daughter or something, it doesn't have to be with Fennec Shand, it could be with anyone, but if Boba <laughs> has an <laughs> <a> offspring <laughs> now. <laughs> okay, so then does that, that mean that Ray isn't actually a Palpatine? So, he, I mean, I don't think so. Genu- according to my logic, because... Co- according uh, to that logic, she wouldn't even be related to the Emperor. At all, right, because he, she was just she was just gotten from a sort of clone right. from, you know, right. Yeah. It, it like because it's interesting because what, the the part I like the best is what implications does it have on Star Wars? There are a crap load of implications that this one decision has. So I think it's a great question. I think I mean, and honestly, I don't know which way to go on it. To be completely honest, I have no which mm-hmm. way. I have no idea which way I want to go on it. Um, I do. I, I do think a lot of what you said though. Well, especially with the relationship, I do agree with a lot of that. So I don't, I don't know. It's it's a it's a really good question, though. So that's a that's a pretty big gray area. Ashley's just sort of thrown in our face. She did. I know. Yeah. I know you didn't mean to do that, Ashley. I'm just saying that it is something worth thinking about, and it's a very interesting question. Well done. Thanks for the question. Drew. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for the question, Ashley. And the last question. This is the 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 question that got thrown in after the notes were made. I, uh, this question last, came in last second. Li- like at the wire, like down to the wire. So. Question number four this week comes from Leslie Thompson. And Leslie asks, I saw this question on a TikTok and wanted to see your reaction to it. Since we know Vader and Obi-Wan are going to have a rematch and Disney usually keeps big events close to their chest, is it possible the big fight in the series could be Obi-Wan versus Palpatine? 
Um, I didn't think about this because think think about the way Disney markets their stuff. They keep massive events in their shows really close to the chest. They want fans to be surprised at massive reveals and huge spoilers. You have to admit, Disney puts some huge spoilers in their shows. Oh, yeah. And from the get-go, we've known for a year and a half that Obi-Wan and Vader were going to cross Sabres again. So why is it like, is this like a sleight of hand thing? Like, look what this hand's doing so you don't see what this one's doing? Or I don't know, because I swear to God, Usif, I swear to God, (laughs) I swear as God is my witness, if Obi-Wan beats the shit out of Vader... And then Palpatine walks in all Yoda style in episode three. He's like, new apprentice, oh, I hear you have. And those two go toe to toe. I will defecate where I stand. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to lose my, I'm sorry for my language. I'm going to lose my fucking mind because I will, I, I won't even, I just, I can't even wrap my stupid brain. It's liquefying just thinking of the aspect, the concept of Obi-Wan versus Palpatine. Do you think that not necessarily Obi Wan versus Palpatine, Yusuf? I'm not going to throw that at you, but do you think that there could be a bigger fight or a bigger spoiler in the show somewhere other than Obi Wan versus Vader? Uh, initially, initially, no, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I, I want it to happen. Uh, I, I just said so myself. Like I'm dying. I am, I am a huge fan of villains. I love Darth Sidious, Palpatine. He is one of the biggest baddies I have ever seen. I want to see him, especially... So this is where we are, right? We're just coming off of Revenge of the Sith. We're just coming off of Palpatine and Vader. And Palpatine winning against Yoda. He mm-hmm. did. He did. Like, he just did. He beat him. He beat Master Yoda. And and Vader lost. And so this is where we are. We get to see, perhaps, Obi-Wan exact a tiny little bit of not revenge, because that's not his way, but sort of like get a little bit of payback as well. Like, look at all this shit you're doing in the galaxy. Look at what you're doing. You've, right. thrown, you've turned your back on us, on all of us, and everything. Uh, and it, it, that's what I want to see. I want to see Obi-Wan against Vader. But, you know, I, at least emotionally. It doesn't have to be physically. I mean, Obi-Wan against Palpatine? Wow. Uh, okay, if I had to predict this <laughs> happening, I, I, would, I would have to say no, it's not going to happen. Because... Um, if you've read some Palpatine stuff, and also this, by the way, is kept really close to the chest. I mean, the the thing about villains, amazing villains like these, is that you can never get enough of them mm-hmm. because the their content is so limited on purpose because they're always shrouded in mystery. Because and then if you keep getting more of them, then there's no more mystery and right. they're not as cool. Right. So a part of that mystery is what keeps them being so cool and so powerful because they're always unveiling something more powerful which you never knew of course you never knew because you've never actually seen them unleash their entire power uh, so when you for example read lords of the sith and you see palpatine you know he's like grinning a sly grin looking at vader he's just watching vader sort of calculate his next move how to impress his master and so mm-hmm. on he's just so well calculated this guy sidious would never ever fight someone he didn't have to he knows he's already won. He would never just sort of, you know, put himself in front of Obi-Wan. There's nothing. He has nothing to gain by doing that. He's already won. He's already, he's already in the driver's seat. And if Obi-Wan wins and he loses, then that's it. Like, you know, there's no point. He just, he just lost so much. You know, that's a huge risk for him. But at the same time, 
you know, he wants Vader to push himself to really take on Obi-Wan, especially because he wants Vader to prove that he was, he's better than his master. Because otherwise, if Vader loses, he'd be like, okay, fuck it. Like, I can just get another apprentice or whatever. Because uh, uh, Vader, you know, he was already extremely disappointed in Vader in the first place. If you've read the Vader run, the comics, which oh, started yeah. as soon as Vader became Vader, Sidious tore him to pieces. He knocked him down worse than he was already down. Yeah. He, sh- he, he made him embarrassed to be the fact that he lost to Obi-Wan, that he lost his limbs, that he was feeling pain, and he made him know that he was going to damn sure feel this pain for a long, long, long time and remain in pain because of it. The city is just torments Vader regularly. And part of that torment is to sort of push him on to face a mm-hmm. Force-sensitive user, ex-Jedi or Grey Jedi or other people or whatever, and go off and kill someone and make your new lightsaber and do whatever, you know, initiation after initiation after initiation. So, or, or jumping through hoops or challenges, whatever it is, whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, I, I, if I had to predict whether or not it would happen, I don't think it would happen. Uh, maybe it comes by in a way which, you know, at a curveball sort of thing. So maybe he, maybe he's in the same room as them. Maybe he senses them through the force. Mm-hmm. Maybe Palpatine in the same way. So these... You know, there's like there's some things which which happen here, which might which might come back into play. So remember how Snoke, who is a manifestation of Darth Sidious, right? Mm, that, right. Well, not a, excuse me, not a manifestation of he's created by Darth Sidious technically. Um, he remember how he sort of put Rey and Kylo Ren through the Force. He connected them. Mm-hmm. What if Palpatine does that between Obi Wan and Vader? Oh, and yeah. In, and he's listening in. So he knows. So this, so yeah, because Palpatine knows how to do this, right? We've seen him do it before. Technically, he was the one telling Snoke to do this between. So that means that Palpatine can do it himself. There's nothing that Snoke right. can do with Palpatine can't. There's nothing that any Force user can do with Palpatine can't. That's, that's, that's my opinion, to be honest. I know that's not, that, this is not strictly canon, what I just said, but that's my <laughs> opinion, if I'm honest. I think that Darth Sidious is the most powerful being which we, which we have seen sort of as a Force user. You know, apart from obviously other characters which we've seen in Star Wars, you know, like the the Force ghosts uh, mm-hmm. and the sort of the representation of the, the 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 light and the dark and so on, which were in Clone Wars and things like that. But um, yeah, Darth Sidious, you know, he could he could have done that. He could have, he could bridge them together and see what's what and try to connect to them. Um, yeah, uh, maybe maybe uh, what I really want to see is Qui Gon warning Obi Wan that something like this could happen. Oh yeah. Um, I'm I'm speculating again, man. Obi Wan's got me speculating. So much. <laughs> it's easy to do, man. I uh, so I think I think I agree with you, which sucks because I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, no, no, you're I'm good. Sorry. I need to temper my expectations a little bit. I don't need to be one of those guys. But I am almost convinced that at some point we're going to see the Emperor pop up in this series. Once Vader finds out Kenobi is still alive. I think you're going to see oh, yeah, Vader yeah, saying yeah, something that, to that Palpatine moment. about it, and to yeah. see him, pop, I'm gonna. It's still, it's gonna be bone chilling, and I can't wait for it. So, yeah, I, 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 I think, uh, I think because so. Wait, can I? I'm gonna ask you something which I'm not, I'm not very well um, not knowledgeable about. So Obi Wan, how, how did he technically stay clear of anyone while he was hidden on Tatooine? Now, of course, because Tatooine in itself is like one of the last places where anyone would ever consider, you know, looking for. Well, technically, that's sort of, te- mm-hmm. technically he didn't 
Um, he did get into some trouble. There's uh, I've, I rem- I don't remember what numbers they were. I want to say Star Wars. The first Star Wars comic run, seven issue seven. Uh, I want to say fifteen and twenty one. Maybe I might have those numbers wrong, but that right. sounds right. Um, but they were basically a trilogy of comics in and of of themselves as single issues, and they were Obi Wan on Tatooine in between episodes three and four, and it's him watching over Luke, and he's getting parts uh, for Luke to tinker with and leaving them on the doorstep of the lo- of the Lars homestead for Luke and stuff like that. And uh, it, he drops off a box of parts for Luke at one point, and uh, Owen comes to his hut and confronts him about it and gives the parts back to him and tells him to stay away from Luke and. And, you know, he's nothing but trouble. But during that whole time, Obi-Wan's causing trouble for, like, Jabba the Hutt and his gang. Um, there was a group right. going around getting a water tax and stuff. And so they sent people out to go assassinate Obi-Wan, this this crazy hermit out in the desert. So he wasn't entirely like laying low. Right? Yeah, because he just... There was, uh, there was a line in that comic that I remember very vividly. It was, Master Qui-Gon taught me how to be a Jedi but he never taught me how to not be a Jedi. And so he he can't help it. Like in the trailer, you hear the Inquisitor saying, you know, the Jedi quote is like an itch. You know, a Jedi has to be a Jedi. There's no way around it. They have to. It's just part of their nature. And and Obi-Wan saying that, it it brings it all full circle. So, yeah, he wasn't entirely laying low. And we don't know what's going to happen in the Kenobi series. Apparently the Inquisitors get after him, so he wasn't laying low that great. You know, so... I mean, I'm really like, if it, what happens if he's on this other planet and then Darth Vader's in his like, uh, is in his uh, is in his destroyer, up hovering above the planet or orbiting or whatever, and then what happens is he sort of just all of a sudden appears on the planet, takes out an Inquisitor, and his lightsaber comes on, and then immediately Darth Vader's like, what? Kills him. <laughs> think... And it's like you can just see his helmet tilt up, sort of thing, like Vader's helmet tilts up. And he looks through the left to the screen. What the hell? What's going on down there? Yeah. Oh, another thing, by the way, which, you know, Darth Vader, I can just keep talking about this for ages. I know, we could, we could talk about it forever. Yeah. Get... <laughs> Vader, Vader, we need to get as much live action Vader as we can before. I, I don't mean this in a morbid way, I promise. <laughs> I, I know what you mean. Before... Yeah. Yeah, before, you know, the wonderful, 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 amazing voice actor. While we still know, have Before him, anything yeah. happens to him. Why, why we still have him? Because he's just an amazing guy. Oh, he's Anybody amazing. doesn't realize, he's absolutely amazing. And we can tell, obviously, the change in his in his voice. Because when he saw him reenacting Vader's voice in Rogue One, it was, of course, changed. And there were a lot of comments about that. But there weren't many because everybody was just you, happy to see him. In the even place. though his voice was very... Um, Synthesized, or I shouldn't say synthesized, but processed. Yeah, 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 I know what you mean. Like you, you could still hear the exactly, age. Yeah. yeah, you could still hear the age yeah, in his voice. Still, yeah, the, and the the sort of breathe out. Even in Rebels, a older. even in Rebels, you could hear oh, yeah. it. And so I, yeah, I agree with you. I, I we need to get as much as we can. Um, I'm not saying yeah. milk that cow for everything it's worth. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying. You know, it's and I'm and I'm sure. God forbid, when the day comes, which I don't even want to talk about it. But when when we get to that point, I'm, I'm sorry, sure we're still going to be able to have Vader subject, stuff. But it's but yeah, just, yeah, I, it's I really do want to because I would hate to to have him and have anybody else do his voice because we've all yeah. done that Vader impressions. Yeah, but I mean, but you know, like James death Jones. death is a natural part of life. So death is a natural part yeah. of life. We so all you, we all pass through it. Yeah. It's just the circle of life. Well, guys, it's been a hell of an episode. We just hit the hour and a half mark, brother. 
uh, I think wow. it's been it's been a great show, and we could sit here and talk Obi Wan all night, but we need to wrap it up at some point. I know it's seven forty five at night where I'm at right now. I know you're eight hours ahead of me, so yeah, I know it's uh, late where you're it's at. So forty five, so it's about three forty five in the morning over here. Yeah. But yeah, I mean it's absolutely worth it, and thank I appreciate you doing this a little bit earlier than usual. But um, yeah, we no could worries. Always, we could always talk Star Wars forever. Oh, we God, were really yeah. happy to have you guys. Please uh, uh, tune in again and again and. Um, join in on the voting polls. Get your mailbag questions in. If we said anything, even if you don't have a question about it, we just want to shoot us a, a message, whether you agree or disagree with anything you said, please just send them our way. We love hearing this stuff. Oh, yeah, we love hearing from you guys. Absolutely. Um, I'll make sure all the links for the social media polls are in the description of this podcast for you guys. Easily to find. Nice. I will, I will make sure all that's in there. So uh, don't forget, we're here every week talking about our favorite thing in the world on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Uh, be sure to visit 1138productions.com for this show, the Marvel cast, and more coming very soon. Uh, I'm definitely very, I'm, I'm really close to getting 1138 Talk Radio ready to go. Uh, my father-in-law was making uh, radio, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, bumpers? I think that's the word I'm looking for, radio bumpers and stuff like that uh, for it. So, and, and they're turning out awesome. I have to say there's some, there's some that are really freaking awesome. So uh, that's going to be coming very soon. If you'd like to support us and our content, please check out patreon.com slash 1138productions and show some love there. All of those links will be found in the description of this show um, on whatever platform you're listening in on. And until next week, keep it civil, and may the force be with you guys. <laughs>